Here we go. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. DJ's in MC. This DJ, he gets it out. Listen to the Disc Jockey's introduction to... To DJ's in a mic with your host, DJ Mike. Is that a timetable? And DJ JP. Well, get on it. It's your time. Give me the mic. gets me every time it gets me every time welcome 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 to two djs and a mic with dj jp and me the mic <laughs> oh i think we all muted why are we muted can you hear me yes you know we don't want to muted. you're not muted yes. when you go into the thing it automatically mutes us in the uh oh the okay I didn't know you had to unmute yourself. I'm good. Normally we don't, but I guess yeah. we did this time because maybe I muted myself before you did. Yeah. But yeah. it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. But we want to welcome Mr. David Osborne. What is your DJ name, David? Uh, my my. You know, that's funny you mentioned that. I don't actually have a DJ name. Oh. So should we call you Unknown? You can call me uh, Unknown. Actually, one time, uh, one time I had I had to have a DJ name. I was playing at a bar in Athens, Georgia years ago, and the guy wouldn't write my name on the chalkboard outside the bar. He said, you have to have one. And uh, I texted a friend, and she said, you should be DJ Party Boat. I said, oh, let's go. So for that one <laughs> night, only, I was DJ Party Boat, and in, in my family and my friend group, it comes up regularly, no. DJ Party Boat. But I don't, I don't claim that. I don't say that that's a thing. Please. Please don't claim that. Name. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not taking that. If y'all have any suggestions, I'm. I'm all open to it. But I've never I, when we finish by the end of the night, we're gonna come up with some. I hope so. Someone in the chat, yeah. someone in the comments, should give, give me a you name. Give David DJ name, y'all. David. Wow. I, I, have yeah. I haven't been cool enough to have one yet. Wow, I can't believe that. So, what did, when you came yeah. to uh, when you did uh, Max, they just called you DJ Osborne, Dave Osborne. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool, though. Your name is kind of cool, so yeah yeah it's, it's not yeah. bad yeah well the science for for you know for me was like okay if i'm playing here if i'm playing at a club or i'm playing at a wedding or i'm playing at a thing and it, they hear my name it's so easy to find me because i'm the same person the same name both places you know they can they can google me they can find me super fast i don't know i feel like it gets me a lot of work maybe i'm wrong i think it does because i always think about that a lot too when i um when I think about my name versus, so I just named it JP, which is Jeff Powell, so JP, but it, it still doesn't work like you want it to work. Mm. Here's a fun fact. My middle name is Jeffrey, 
So oh wow! Technically, my initials are D J O. Throwing it out there. Just wow! Saying. No, that's no. not not good either. DJ no. O. DJ not. O. What? Uh, o, no. o, 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 o whatever. O, the DJ O. O, o D B. Yeah. It can O-D-B, be whatever you want uh, it to be. <laughs> um, but that's cool. But we we're not gonna we gonna we ain't gonna get off track. We're gonna stay on focus. So <laughs> let's get into it, Mike. Let's get into this thing. Okay, well, you know, for me, uh, I would always like to know how long you've been DJ. Uh, what you know, how long has this gifted life? How long have you been attracted to it? Fifteen years. Hmm. Fifteen yeah. years. Hmm. Fifteen years. I started in my mid twenties. Uh, so after you- going. We might have to call you DJ Babyface after that one. Oh, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> or, yeah, or, 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 how about DJ Osborne to party? Hey, oh, nothing. James <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny, too. Okay, all right. We're getting after it. Okay. We're getting it. All right. Yeah, I 15 years. Uh, it feels just like, like just yesterday. Okay. Wow, 15 years. So what, what, uh, what made you want to become a DJ? Well, I was going to a lot of friends' weddings, you know, as middle mid twenty year olds often do, and I was just seeing terrible DJs, like terrible. My friends had bad taste and bad budgets, I guess. And <laughs> I was going, and I was just this was just got like oh terrible, terrible, terrible. And I remember one time, I think I'd had a couple of drinks, and I was running my mouth, and I said, "Hey, you know, I could do this better." And the person standing next to me was getting married. And she said, well, well, why don't you do my wedding? I was like, let's go. And um, wow, I, I was a teacher at the time. I was an elementary school music teacher at the time. I was teaching little kids music. I have my degree in music. I've always been kind of a techie. I always like, you know, nerdy stuff and music and technology. I was like, I can figure this out. And then I've also been kind of, you know, really comfortable with people and com- comfortable in front of people and comfortable on stage. So it's kind of just like a merge of all the things that I was good at. Mm-hmm. And I immediately fell in love with it. And then it was like a few years into, into DJing, I was noticing how much DJing I was bringing into my classroom and how much I was doing with it. And, how, and I was like, okay, I think this is the thing I need to be doing instead of working at a school. So then I went off and did it full time. Cool. Wow, that's, I like that. that we, we had somebody else that we were talking to that's a teacher. Well, Danny was a teacher, Danny Max, that owns uh, Max Designs, but he yeah. did he DJ for a little bit, but he got more into the photo booth and all that stuff. But he was a DJ for a little bit. Yeah. So he was a, was he a band teacher too, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think Rachel did something with teaching. Rachel, she still teaches. She teaches uh, uh, yeah. law enforcement, some with law enforcement or security yeah. for different companies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Teachers are a special breed, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are. It, I'm just saying it takes it takes a special people to a person to deal with, you know, kids, especially little kids like that. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. So, what's your preferred style of music where uh, when you're DJing? What do you like? What do you Um, I would call myself, you know, people often call themselves open format DJs, but they don't really mean it. They say Oh, I like both kinds of music, country and Western or rap and hip hop. And I'm like, listen, you know, if you're going to be an open format DJ, you should be able to, in your set, play the Bee Gees and then ACDC and then Lil Wayne. Um, it, you know, like it should be all over the place. So I consider myself to be open format because I really do like uh, to play as much variety as possible. Um but my style, like anything that I'm going to do to the music, and you'll hear this in marquee because I, th- I think I'm going to be spinning in marquee, uh, is, is what I hear. Is everything that I play, I like to put, I like, I'm a rhythmic guy. I like rhythm and I want to find ways to um, infuse more funky rhythms and stuff, groovy, funky rhythms into things. So I like things to be a little, a little more bluesy, a little more soulful. And so I'm going to take whatever I'm doing and I'm going to spin it that way, if that answers your question. So, yeah. okay, cool. But I do have a follow-up. Go ahead, Miguel. Um, I like this open format thing. So what benefits do you see 
when you're doing an event and being an open format DJ? Uh, the benefits is that you've got, you know, for private events specifically, well, you've got different groups of people, uh, different demographics, different age ranges. You can layer and do live blends and mashups to bring those groups together. You know, I, I almost feel like I've got fishing poles, right? And I've, I'm fishing pole for this demographic and pulling it closer to me. And as soon as I get them, as soon as I let go, it starts to move away and I pull this one closer. And I'm just trying to pull them all closer and closer and closer until we're all just blending in the middle. So uh, if I can play, you know, Sam Hunt on top of some Migos, I'm hitting both, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hitting different groups, you know, and I'm hitting different, people don't stop dancing. Yeah. Yeah. So I assume when you're doing this, you're not slamming it. You're, you're mixing. I'm mixing, but I don't sleep on the slam. I do love the slam. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think there's a good place for slams too. Oh, it's all, I think there is a good place for everything, but yeah. not just as a be all type of situation. You know? Yeah. Uh, if you, you know, if you dive into the, like the beat mixing boot camp stuff and the blueprint that we've talked about at some point, but there's like you'll you'll get real right inside of my brain you'll be right in there uh learning how i do everything and how i blend everything together facebook user i, I don't know who the facebook user is because i'm looking on Streamyard. nothing wrong with a good slam i agree oh yeah oh yeah yeah i i i, I love it you know i just like you know like you say every for me everything has a place and and in order to utilize that, we have to be able to utilize those now, things. Now, that was Kimberly C. And Kim, oh, yeah. yes. no, no comment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. For no me. comment. Yeah, I have no comment on that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this one here is for you, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Why did you feel the need to create a Blueprint Train? Uh, what, where did that come from? And how did you start developing it in? start doing it uh man that's a that's a killer question that's kind of a loaded question the there's like i'm a i'm a problem solving kind of guy i'm a creative problem solver so whenever i'm faced with something that i can't figure out i try to reverse engineer it and figure out how to make that thing happen and there was a but pre-covid i was training djs the way most people do you know you bring someone with you you mentor them, you shadow them. That's that's like the apprenticeship model, you know? It, it works. It just takes a while. It could take a year or two or maybe longer. And I did that. I have a few guys on my team that are relics from that age, you know, that, <coughs> that's how they learned. Well, when we got to COVID, and I had a couple guys in the in the in the pipeline, mm -hmm. and then I was like, everything shut down, and I had no events to bring these guys to. I was like, well, this is terrible. So uh, once I realized there was really no end in short end in sight, I said, I got to figure a way to train some DJs while minimizing the number of events they're at and get them ready quick because I'm in Georgia. We opened up in Georgia and COVID pretty fast. I was like, we got to be able to have a team of DJ ready to meet the demand. So I sat down in my living room one night and I recorded a whole training program just for my team. Mm -hmm. And it worked. I trained a couple guys on it. It was pretty good. It wasn't amazing, uh, but it got the job done. And then I remember showing it to some people in the industry uh, and like Josh Staley was there, Chris Hintz, Justin Reed was there. And um, they asked, they're like, can I buy this? And I was like, no, man, this is, this is like proprietary stuff. This is how I talk to my team. It's rough around the edges. It's like just me in a t-shirt, just talk, I guess blueprints me in a t-shirt too. But um, you know, it was, it was very specific to my market and very specific to the way we do things here. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you can't have this. So he's like, well, why don't you make something we can buy? Bet. I will do that. So I uh, sat down, started working on the blueprint, got a business coach on it, and uh, kind of the rest is history. But it was definitely meant to fill a need. It, it fills a need. I mean, even me going back in it, I feel like not every lesson, but all, every other lesson, I get something out of it that I didn't know or that helps to make me a better technical DJ so far. Because I hadn't gotten into the beat mixing or anything like that, but my technical stuff has gotten a lot better or I understand what this is for versus what, cause you know, you're using it, but you may not be using it for the right application. You know, a lot of people don't know what a quarter inch is. A lot of people don't know what female, male, you know, all that stuff, TSRP, 
all those different things. They have no, no idea exactly what it is, but you break it down so simple that, you know, how you, how can you mess it up? So. Yeah. And, you know, I've got, like I said, I've got guys on my team that I train and I got a guy Cannon who's on my team who's in a rock band. Mm -hmm. and he literally, he took that cable course and then he messaged me the following week. He said, David, we had band practice and I finally figured out why our speaker doesn't work. We were using the wrong cable. He's like, yeah. they look the same. I was like, but they're not the same. Yeah. Like two rings or one ring. And he's like, I never realized we need, we should have been using a, an unbalanced cable for this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And see, like, just those simple things, because a lot of us jump into this. Um, I don't know if you jumped into it without knowing a lot of stuff, but you were a teacher, so you might have sure had it. Yeah. But I mean, did you know unbalanced, balanced, all those different things when you jumped into it? Not at all. I didn't know anything, man. I remember my cousin was a DJ. My cousin went, uh, was a college DJ. Mm -hmm. at the time like he was in college and i remember he had some mackie speakers and i was like kevin what should i get he's like buy some mackie 450s and play some music off an ipod and i was like yes sir i'll do it <laughs> and i got like an ipod mixer man i was it was trash it was terrible um i didn't know anything i mean i knew about, i knew about music and i knew about people but it took me a while it took me two or three years before i even knew what b-mixing was okay um i mean i was not I, I wasn't a club dj first so i mean that was so, but staying on Blueprint, so how many people, since you decided to go ahead and, and make it for everybody, how many DJs around the country, companies or whatever do you have on it right now? Hundreds, hundreds. Um, really? We've had close to 500 people go through it. So whether that's people that have, that are on someone's team or individuals, uh, not, they're not concurrent. So they're not 500 current users, but mm -hmm. over the past year and a half, there's been about 500 people that have gone through it. And yeah. what has been your feedback? Uh, have the people told you things you should change or is it too simple or you need to make it more difficult? Because I heard you say something about making a master's program. So what is the consensus feedback? What is some, some, is there some tweaks or do people think it's just enough and it doesn't take them too fast, it gives them all the basics? What, what, what's your feedback? Uh, the feedback is a lot of what you said. <laughs> a lot of people who thought, you know, they didn't have any other they didn't have any reason to to question what they did or didn't know because everything's working. You know, there's mm -hmm. you got to yeah. have this th threshold of what you'll tolerate. And you're like, yeah, it's working fine. And then you get into this and you're like, oh, my God, like my show has improved 30 percent just from these little things. Mm -hmm. That's most of the feedback I've been getting people that are. Uh, and then from the multi-op side, people that are getting DJs in and trained in three to four months and then they're out and actually working and generating income for a company and they're solid you know i've heard feedback from people who they'll say hey i had a dj it was their first event ever and the photographer messaged and they had no idea it was that person's first event they were blown away mm -hmm. um i had some guys that told me hey um <laughs> these trainees are getting better than us <laughs> and I was like, i'm seeing the wow. same thing with my own people so yeah but uh i think that the general uh, visibility like what people see the blueprint as and they have seen it as for the past year it has been a pretty beginner slash intermediate tool you know like filling mm -hmm. your foundation do your foundations and i recognize that you know i use it with my team but my team is kind of they've done everything they've done all the things in the blueprint and they're like all right well what's next how can i be a great mc how can i understand this or that or i can how, how can my programming get even better and i'm like okay well so you're working on an mc one Working on MC course with Rob Ferre. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. So uh, I think a lot of people are faced with that challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, the MC, and you know, that's a skill set by itself. Yeah. And that course is going to be stout. I mean, I'm talking like lessons on breathing and your cadence and your pitch and your body language, <laughs> talking about which, which words to use, talking about. Um, you know, the anatomy of attention and how to make sure you're talking to listeners. Like, I mean, it's stuff that it breaks it down so that you can be a really effective MC and grow in that role because it's so important. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's been a bunch of stuff in there. I know you saw one where I quoted you, one of the things you said, and I put it on my timeline, my Facebook timeline, or my, whatever you yeah. got. Me. But it's just, I mean, some of it is so simple that it's, I mean, just simple little bitty things that can elevate your game to the next level from what I've seen so far. Because I think I'm in like, like I said, I'm still at 44 or 70 of the, that second one. Right? 
like I say, everything has been good. I've learned stuff, and I've been doing this 32 years. So, Heck yeah, man. I'd love, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So, Mike, go ahead, brother, unless you got something else on the blueprint. Yes, I do. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I know you, you're getting over this cold, so, uh, you know, people hearing you, they can think that you're getting emotional and you're about to cry. But <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. No, because your cadence. Is My cadence. Oh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. So uh, My cadence is never off because I'll turn the radio on. I'll turn the FM radio on you. So I'm it's never. You, I'm telling you. Uh, I'm yeah. listening to you. I had to do a double take. I said, are you about to cry? <laughs> but uh, where do you see, you know, the blueprint, you know, within the next four to five years? Oh, absolutely the new standard for the entire industry no question it's already becoming that the people that are already using it are already setting new standards in their markets um and the people who are already on it are going to be the ones who are way ahead of the game because you, you just imagine your competitors and stuff that that get on it three years from now and you'd be like jokers we're already on the master content we're already like done with this stuff you guys just started but yeah definitely it'll be the standard of of education so are you are you at the point to where you you're getting uh, like club DJs? Uh, no, and I'm not sure if we'll we'll ever go that direction. We might, yeah. but it's really focused on event DJs and the okay. unique struggle because I think like a lot of those resources already do exist. Um, for club know, DJs, for club DJs, well, there's like stuff on YouTube. There's stuff on like uh, digital DJ tips, and there's stuff that's you know more surface level stuff, just like, Oh, how do you use this SRT 1000? Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, what I, when I have conversations with club DJs, it would take, I think it would take a pretty aware club DJ, like self-aware uh, club DJ to recognize that even though the branding of this program is really towards event DJs, that they could still get a lot of value out of it because, you know, a, a club DJ, the skills you need are pretty, like you don't need a lot of different skills. You need to be great at reading a crowd, great at putting together sets, great at mixing, maybe some stuff on the mic, but you don't have to get into that support side. You don't really need gaff tape. You don't need to, you don't need to have a tarp in your trunk. You know what I'm saying? Like the stuff that you work on as an event DJ is so specific and you have so many other skills to work on that it's uh, kind of a home for us here, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but I do agree uh, with the fact of, just because you are a club DJ uh, doesn't mean that this course wouldn't be great for you because yeah. you could be a club DJ today and forced to be an event DJ tomorrow. Right. And then you will find yourself in a very peculiar situation, you know, yeah. and I know, I know some radio DJs that, that are in that situation where, going to the radio station, everything is, for the most part, is already there. And you have some of those guys that don't even own their own equipment. Right. And But you could easily be in that situation. And for me, when I look at DJing, whether it's a club or an event DJ, I still look at it as we're all DJs. And you should want to learn as much as you can learn and be the best version of yourself as a DJ as you can versus just limiting yourself to, you know, I'm just going to work on this. I'll never need, you know, such and such. And then you're faced with a situation to where say somebody come in the club and say, Hey, I got a wedding. Can I pay you $2,000 to do my wedding? And you're getting yeah. say $400 at the club, you know, or $300 or $200. You're like, well, yeah, I can do your <laughs> wedding. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you're totally right. And honestly, one of the things I tell, so I'm, I live in Athens, right? It's a college town. I have a lot of college students who are interested in DJing. And a lot of conversations mm -hmm. that I have with young DJs that are 19 year olds, they want to be, they want to be EDM DJs, they want to be festival DJs. And I say, look, guys, mm -hmm. you know, if, let's say you spend two years with us here before you go off in the world. You're, you're just with us for a couple of years. That's fine. Uh, I want you to understand like the skill set that you're going to develop as an event DJ is going to put you light years ahead of all the club DJs around you. 
because you understand how to talk to a promoter. You understand your role within a bar. You understand how to cycle a dance floor. You understand you're going to be one of the few club DJs that's comfortable on the mic. So you could step into a bar or club in a new city and get yourself work pretty quickly because you have event experience. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll go to bat on that all day long because you're, you've got marketable skills. I'm trying to reflect back on mine. How did I, I think I wanted to be a radio DJ more than I wanted to be a club DJ. So I knew my mic skills came first because yeah. if you can't talk on the radio sta- at the radio station, you can't do anything. And I fell in love with actual DJing, but I also enjoyed the fact that, so I think I kind of made myself learn everything all at the same time or whatever it was, I want, whatever the next thing was, I always wanted to learn it. I didn't just want to be one dimensional. So, cause I don't know. It's just, cause radio is so cutthroat. So if you get in, you might not be there long. You, you know, if you're there and there's somebody always looking to get you and, and clubs, I mean, you know, that's just, it's so dangerous. I did that for 20 years. So I, I, I broke my teeth in that. Never really thought about weddings. But when I came out, I had all the skills because, I, you know, of course, I did radio and I was a club DJ. So yeah, I, I did everything. So, but it's just different paths. But I don't understand people in the club who don't talk on the mic because most of them do get on the mic a little bit, though. Agree? Y'all don't talk on the mic if you're in the club? Uh, I do. Yeah, some people don't, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I there, I've I've, I've interacted like this calendar year with guys that have experience in clubs who will tell me to my face, "Hey, guess what, David? Uh, I did a couple weddings last year, and I never even had to touch the microphone." They say it like I never had to touch the microphone. I'm like, what? That is so the wrong approach. But you know, (laughs) you do you, boo, because I'm like, I am. You have to. It's like half the job as an event DJ is understanding how to use a microphone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there's... And it's almost how you move the crowd, so to speak. Right. It's like, you know, you know if, if you could... It's like DJing with one turntable versus two. If you took one away, you could do it, but it's so much better with two. If you have two turntables... I mean, it's <laughs> the name of your pocket. I mean, two turntables and a... Mike. Yeah. Yes. I mean, come on. It's that way for a reason. <laughs> You were yeah, like, that's well, a good point right there. The whole third of it, you know, it's or half of it or whatever you want to call it. Oh, but, yeah. All right. I'm preaching to the choir here. You guys get it. Yeah. So, no, but it's it's something that's always needed. Um, you know, uh, I think we kind of get locked up in our little boxes. You know, we walk in and shut the door and put locks on it, and we don't want to go outside of it. And we just see it from our little limited understanding. Or experience, um, mm-hmm. and this yep. thing is is so much bigger than what you know people give it. And uh, and just hearing you where the kids say, "Oh, I want to be a festival DJ or EDM DJ," and it's like, man, that's such a small speck. Yeah, but you that takes that probably takes more than anything that you'll ever do at a wedding because you got to have personality. Well, you got to be a producer too. You gotta yeah, you got to you got to you got to be able to do some stuff with a record and jump on stage and jump up on your turntables and all kind of other stuff. Just have oh, a little yeah. showmanship, but yeah. you can't hide behind in a dark booth and be a EDM DJ or a festival DJ. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's all show. It's all theater. Yeah, you got to be good at that stuff too. Good light man. Good yeah. Effect, yeah. What's that? What did you say? A good light man. Yeah, a good light guy and a good effect yeah. guy. Exactly. Yeah. Get you that Broadway production. Yeah. That's what you need. So let me ask you this, Dave. Um, uh, prior to Blueprint, when you say you were teaching, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, people in your company, and you know, you had some students. Uh, what was, um, how can I say this? What was it like when you came across someone that, realized that DJing was so much more than what they thought it was. You mean like when, in a good way or a bad way? Like when they were like... Or, you know, because you, you know, I've I've had a, you know, and I teach, me and Jeff teach some people, you know, from time to time. Yeah. And, And I had a student 
And the first thing that I always like to do, I like to see what, you know, well, show me what you got. Here's a, here's a list of 15 songs. Go at it. You know, let me see. Let okay. me see what you're working with. And he did what he, you know, he did his set. And I came behind him and showed him. And it was like a deer in headlights. Like, it was like, oh, man, this is so much more harder than what I thought. I don't know if I can do this. So is there a common thread that you've experienced where people, you know, that saw it one way, but when they actually got in there, it was like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, two, two, two examples. I remember five years ago, 2018, I was trying to grow my team, didn't know what I was doing. There was, I found a kid like off of Craigslist and I had him come to my house and he told me, he's like, I got experience as a DJ. I was like, let's go. Come to my house. Just like you said, play me something. This is in my house, in my living room, you know, with my family. And I'm like, just bring this stranger to my house. Hey, show me what you got. Joker gets on the, on the, on the decks and he's like, touching he's like touching the table like touching the the decks but he's not doing anything he's just like fingerprints like, what, what is he doing <laughs> and i'm like just in the middle right in the middle of a, a verse he just like plays a new song and it's like you know shoes in a dryer yeah and then just pushes it you know pushes the crossfader over we're getting some new turns from Dave tonight. Shoes in yeah. a dryer i just, I was, I'm probably getting slapped upside the head that's what i call it yeah that's exactly what I was like, this this is the same as like my eight-year-old daughter. This, there's no rhyme or reason to what this guy's doing. And I remember the same exact thing. I said, let me let me show you what I'm talking about when I say mixing. And I showed him in his you can see the light coming out of his eyes. Oh yeah. Like he didn't know that music could do that. He didn't know that the technology in front of him was capable of doing that thing. Mm -hmm. And his mind was blown. So yes, I've been there for that. Now I experience it. Actually, I actually um systematize that feeling so Ooh. now what i do is when i recruit a dj i talk to him about it in an interview i talk to him about it um i, I you know I, I run them through like an observation course but their very first event before they do any training is they have to come to my wedding not anyone we'll else how you do it they got to come to mine because what they're going to see at my wedding is going to be way overwhelming they're going to see like dmx lighting they're going to see a toadmatic booth with video screen they're gonna see like quick mixing they're gonna see me on the mic they're gonna probably see me standing on a speaker it's gonna be nuts <laughs> and i want them to be like they i want them to have an image in their head of what what this could be so that <sighs> everything i teach them they've got this framework in their head um i used to be a professional trumpet player and when i took trumpet lessons in undergraduate the way you teach people an instrument is they have something called tone, like the way your instrument or your voice sounds when you perform. Mm -hmm. You can't improve that unless you know what it is you're trying to sound like. So you have to go listen to other players of your instrument. You have to go watch other people that do your craft. And then you have to hear things that sound great so that you know what's possible. So you know what to work for. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I have to expose my guys to what's possible, you know, so that they're like, oh, Mm. got it so if they put the right frame around it and then they kind of know where they fall within that frame way easier then because then they they're kind of humbled a little bit yeah it's, it is a humbling situation yeah you know it is what you got jeff i have to ask this so have you ever had anybody that sees what's possible but keeps doing the same bull crap oh yeah for sure that's just people that's just I people mean, being people i understand but you know what's possible but you don't want to put in the work to get to where it's possible. And I love what you said on one of our calls about where you, you're not going to promote guys who are not getting better themselves. They're going to stay down there in the, in the smaller, in your smaller company until they create a following, until they create or do the things necessary to become one of the top players. Correct. But, I mean, to me, like just riding in the car, listening to a mixed show driving, I'm like, how can people not want to do this? How can you not want to take me on a musical journey and not appreciate that? But it just, I, I just don't understand it. But you, that's a perfect example, showing them what's possible. And they don't even try to, they know what's there, but they don't try to achieve the, the greatness. God damn. Yeah, that's, that's just they, drive, man. I'm going to bed. I don't understand that. When I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to get to that. You 
you won't put the work in to get there. I don't get it. I just. Yeah. Okay. 15 years in, I know they're done to hold the candles to y'all, but 15 years in this morning, I'm at an exercise exercise class and the coach from exercise class, she plays DJ mixes like fit radio. Right. Uh And she always puts good ones that they're always really talented DJs. Here I am on like a rowing machine, you know, pulling the rower. And in my head, I'm like, you know what that sounds like? I'm like, I'm making musical connections. And I'm like, I need my phone so I can write this down. Because I'm coming up with ideas for my next set while I'm working out. Because I'm always thinking. Because, you know, I can't stop thinking about it. It's like an obsession. Um, so <laughs> That's us. Because we yeah. talk about songs and digging in the crates. And if I hear something, I tell Mike, you know, he does a lot of reels. So I'd be like, wow, okay, wow, that was great. Or this is good. And I, I just don't. Uh, it just it hurts my heart for the, in the industry. That's all I can say. You you heard me when we had our little talk. And some people oh, feel like it. it's not important, but to me, this that's the whole art craft. That's the whole thing. It is that's the art of DJing. But mm-hmm. like you, oh, you didn't put something up there. What's your thoughts on practicing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Do I got you, some thoughts. Okay, give me your thoughts on practicing, sir. Do you want to know what you mean like how to practice or is it important or both? Both. Is it in the class? Is it in the class coming up? In the training? About, uh, no, not really, but it should okay. be. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, that's yeah. that's one. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go ahead. Give us your thoughts on practice. You, you, you got to do it. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> if you've ever heard the adage, it's 10,000 hours before you become a master at something. Yes. Well, you got to, I mean, the shortest way to 10,000 hours is to just start doing it. Um, my friend, Jamie Bodie always says, you know, it's the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. So you should have been practicing this whole time, but if you haven't been practicing, start today. Okay. So, um, remember when you were like in high school and you had a test, and you cram, you didn't study at all, and then the you night before the night before you the night before. how much of that do you actually remember in your life? Nothing, right? It's just you cramp. Same thing. If you don't practice and then you got a big gig and you get on the decks and you practice for four hours the day before, you'll get marginally better, but you're not gonna get that much better because you're cramming. Your brain, the way your brain works is when you go to sleep every night, it actually takes all the things you learned that day that you were exposed to and it processes it inside of your brain so that the next day it's like a, like a little hooks are there from a new information. Mm-hmm. So it's way more effective to practice 10 minutes a day than it is to practice one hour once a week. The consistency of practicing daily or often you'll get way better, way faster. Wow. Um, that's, and, a tweet- that's a tweetable. That's a tweetable. Yeah. And only practicing the things that you're bad at. I have a I have a daughter who's 13 and she plays the flute. And uh, like all 13-year-olds, very normal. Mm-hmm. She only wants to play the stuff that she sounds good at. And I'm like, Mom, you're not going to get any better. I mean, like, you have to go, you know how to play your A-flat scale? No. Well, don't you think you should? You know, like, she's like, no, but the other one is easy. I'll play the other one. DJs are the same way. Mm-hmm. They're going to play the same mixes that are easy. They're going to do the same things that are, you have to find out hey, because I listen to other DJs, because I go to conferences, because I watch other DJs, because I participate in DJ battles, because I'm around the culture, because I watch documentaries and I get curious, oh man, what did that DJ do there? That's a spin back? What's a spin back? Oh, (laughs) let me try that. You know, you get curious and then, okay, well, you got to try it. Um, Before I went to MX, I had to play on a Rain 1. Mm -hmm. I never played on a Rain 1. I'm a pioneer guy. So Thank you tell me about that. Yeah. So I I got a I got a rain one and the I put it on my kitchen table and I start playing and I'm like, whoa. You know, it's, it's been a minute since I played on vinyl. Like, whoa. Okay. You know what the first thing I did was? Backspin. I did beat juggling for an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just trying to tighten up my hand responsiveness. That's it. I was, there's no beat juggling in my routine that I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, look, I need to I need to have the core skill of my hand pushing play or releasing a record <laughs> in time, whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing. And beat juggling is the way to get there. So I'm gonna just practice beat juggling. And I did it every day for a couple of weeks before I would practice my set, just to make sure my timing was right. 
Um, but as I'm talking about, like that was the thing I was bad at. So that's the thing I practiced the most. And I like that well-spoken because so many people, they push back on practicing, but they have this just crazy thought that they should be better. And, and in anything that you do in life, without the art of practice, you will not be good at it. Yeah. You will be good at being bad, and you're practicing that whether you know it or not. Correct. Wow. <laughs> so it's, you know, and that, you know, and that's a conversation that me and Jeff, you know, have often. And to me, I look at it like this as well. You know, with school, you know, in order to be a good tester, you got to be a good practicer. Mm -hmm. So if you're horrible at practicing, when it comes to the test of being at an event, you're going to fail miserable. Yep. Mm -hmm. Every time. Correct. And then, you know, the crazy thing with us in our industry, we will blame it on the crowd. Man, it just wasn't a good crowd. Yep. Maybe it was you. <laughs> uh huh. Because you watch another DJ come in there and rock that crowd, that same crowd, mm -hmm. but you don't get the opportunity to see it side by side. Nope. Um, nope. So talking about this is kind of related because um, I'll observe my DJs right in the field. I'll go and watch their weddings. And some of the pushback I get from other people are like, well, isn't that going to make them nervous? I'm like, I hope it makes them nervous <laughs> like, because, I mean, you should be able to perform under pressure. Uh, if you don't practice performing under pressure, then when you're under pressure, you won't be able to perform. And it was explained to me, again, I have a lot of stories from when I was a trumpet player because the application of learning an instrument is so similar to learning. Oh, yes. Yes, I played, trumpet. I played trumpet in my seventh and eighth grade. Let's go. Okay. So I remember uh, an Allstate audition when I was in high school, and I didn't make it. And I blamed being nervous. And I complained to my trumpet teacher. He, 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 he you know, looked at me, and he just, he, like, I think I was 15. He just looks at me, and he goes, everybody's nervous like if you're not nervous you don't care right you have to care like being nervous shows that you care about this so the people that are on the other side that are listening to you when you get to that all-state band and you have to perform in front of people you're oh, going to yeah. be nervous so they want to know in your audition can you perform when you're nervous because that's the only people they want in their band are the people that can perform <laughs> and i was like light bulb and once I got that under wraps, I made sure I could replicate being nervous as much as possible so that when I went to more auditions, I was more comfortable. So it's the same kind of thing. Like, I hope you're nervous when I show up at your wedding because I want to see that you can handle, you can still perform even though you're nervous. So long story, one of the stories like that. So I used to be the same way, worried when a bigger cat or a bigger name DJ would walk in. And then you know what, finally I said, you know what? I'm going to show out so bad. He's going to be worried about me taking his job. Yeah. So my brother had the same problem when he was first starting learning DJ. So we were in the club one night. I was on the floor. I was walking around MCing. He was DJing. I came back to the booth. There was like six DJs lying behind him. He put on this tight mix, turned around, started talking to them. I said, you know what? He's ready. He ready to go. He got <laughs> it. Because then once you get enough confidence to show out for them and they all start oohing and I, you know, he's not touching the decks or nothing. Everything's just flowing, going, just on it. And I said, yeah, he's ready now. He's he's full-blown DJ. So I'm looking at it like this. I'm going to do so good that he's going to be worried about me taking his job. Well, yeah. I'm going to try to show out enough. Because, yes, yeah, we're going to be a little nervous, but you got to find a way to turn that negative energy into positive energy. Okay, what can I do to make this better? How can I make this situation? How can I be stronger? So, yeah. yeah. 100%. Being, being, yeah. Um, nervous, being nervous and being excited is – two different sides of the same, <coughs> the same coin, right? So mm -hmm. being excited, just you have to think about, I'm excited, I'm not nervous, you know? I'm, um, I'm excited about this, the opportunity, I'm gonna show out, I'm gonna do with my thing, you know, but you could also label as being nervous. Yeah. It's your attitude, yeah. So how do they usually do when you go out and hang out with them? Great, I mean, for the most part. Do you uh, go up there by them or do you sit out in the audience or hang out in the back? Um, it depends. My real new guys, I really try and stay out of their hair because those are the guys that being nervous is going to screw up someone's event. You know, you know? You'll become a crutch. What do yeah. I do here? What on, do I do here? Uh, yeah, exactly. On event number two, I don't need to be standing next to you. I need to be 
on the other side of the venue, uh, talking to like a, a planner or a photographer, just hanging out. And then I'll check in with you every once in a while. But like, yeah, like you just said, if I'm standing next to you, they're going to look at me. David, how am I doing? No, no. But when my DJ's got 20, 30 events under their belt, I can stand next to them all night and they're, they're great. Yeah. What should I play? What should I do here? Okay. Yeah. Well, do, I, do I say this? No, you tell me what you're going to do. Yep. Just, yeah, you show me what you got. I'm just going to take some mental notes, maybe a few on my phone. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. when you're standing near them, because for me, I don't mind people standing there. But, you know, as DJs, we have some personal space, you know, some operational space. Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, I've been with some guys that, you know, they're like right here on you. And it's like, man, I don't mind you being here, but, you know, I can feel you breathing on my neck. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got to uh, – I mean, the more you guys get to know me, you realize that I've got, I've got a fair amount of, like, hyperactivity. I can't stop moving. So if I'm yeah. at someone's event, there's not a whole lot I can do. I can't just stand there. Mm-hmm. And I know enough about what they're doing that I don't have to watch their computer. So – I can stand to the side. I can recognize what they're doing. Every once in a while, I might pop over to see what they've got queued up next. Mm-hmm. But I might, operate, you get, yeah, you I might operate some lights. I might take some, you know, bring a camera or just take some content on my phone or, you know, just like I said, see it from, I try and get out near the tables and see it from the crowd's perspective. Um, one of my transition things that I do is before I teach my guys any um, digital or computer-based DMX software. I make them use a hardware DMX controller for a little while. So they got to respect the sliders and they understand, they really fully understand DMX so that when I, mm-hmm. when I put them on a you know, sound switch or a show express or whatever, they understand that that's just a virtual representation of what they're doing. So sometimes I'll just go over there and I'll control the <laughs> you know, play around. Just, so, just I stay out of their hair. But you're in their hair. I'm in, in their, Oh, I'm in their hair. But I, um, yeah, a respectful distance away. Have you ever had anybody just quit or blow up on you because you came out to check them? Or do you let them know you're coming? No, they know I'm coming. Okay. Um, they just don't know when. Or you let them know that I'll be at your event today. Depends. Yeah, like sometimes I'll pop in, in you know, multiple people in one day if it's all pretty close. So and Athens must not be too big. No, it's very small. Our downtown area is six blocks. Wow. Yeah. It's small, yeah. but you know, that's just talking about the university area. I mean, it's a 40, it's a 40,000 student university. It's, it's a huge place, but all the wedding venues in, in town are generally in the same spot. And then if it's not there, you're going to be in another County. So, I mean, if, if my guys are working in Athens, it's pretty, it's a pretty quick down the street. Yeah, it ain't like that here. So I no. had an event Saturday and I had to drive to a wedding it was 126 miles. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Texas, man. Texas. Texas. <laughs> no, Dallas is ridiculous. Well, Houston's probably crazy, too, but, I mean, it's just crazy. But that's me putting stuff on myself, too, that I shouldn't be doing. Everything's far in Texas. I'm going to work to get better at delegating and assigning and other stuff. But then you think some people don't want to do what we'll do for the in the name of the company, either. That's true. 120 miles is a long way. Yeah. Mike, you got any more questions or you want to open it up? Yeah, well, yeah, we can definitely open it up, but I did uh, have something else that you made me forget. <laughs> you got to write it down. The shoes in the dryer would stick with me for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> need to see what's possible. Yeah. That, is, that is a good one. Because if you see it, you can't tell me that you don't know it's, it can be happened. So, <sighs> yeah. No, I'm just saying I, you made some very good points, uh, and I love the analogies uh, that you've used. You know, the shoes in the dryer. I've heard so many. I've never heard that one though. That's a good one. I'm not. But no, I, I, I can. Man, it is nothing like playing two songs, and it just sounds like a bunch of you know kids or or monkeys beating on pots. I'm just saying it's it's one of the worst sounds that you can hear. You know, and and I'll ask this is a question for both of you guys. Okay. 
for me, the first thing that I can hear anywhere is music. And there are, there are things that I would say that I can't do at the same time. But when it comes to music, I can always hear it and do whatever I'm doing. So when you're somewhere listening to someone and you hear that mix just go off and it just goes far north, how does that affect you? Dave, go ahead. Did you say did you say when it goes off like when it gets bad? Yeah, it just goes bad and it starts sounding like the shoes in the shoes in the drop. I got I have to leave that space. <laughs> or or fix it. Yeah, there's no I can't I cannot stand can't in a spot where it's down. Dave, what if you can't fix it? What if it's not one of your guys and you're at an event? Um that's that's why I'm gonna go outside. You know. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't camp. Yeah. And it's it's so bad for me. Like say uh I just came out of a song and uh the song is still playing in my headphones, you know, that I transition out of. And it starts to go away. And it starts, you know, and I hear it. I can't even let that happen. I have to stop it. Or, you know, if I'm not going somewhere else, I'll, you know, I'll get it back in time because just it just bothers me and I can't do it. And I feel like if I listen to it too long, it's going to zap me of all my. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. Uh, lesson number one in the beat mixing boot camp on the blueprint is about lining up your beats right it's just it's called it's just beat matching the lesson is on beat matching mm -hmm. and let me tell you that there's so much that happened in the studio when i was filming these courses and these lessons where i had to line up the same track and then purposely take it out of time to demonstrate mm -hmm. how it sounds and then bring it back in time and then go the other direction and then bring it back in time so let's talk oh, yeah. about you know how many times i had to do that and i had to like you know hold my nose to be like ah you know but still get yeah. it done well, that probably oh, made you a better DJ a little bit too, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you yeah. you're practicing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I got a lot better making those courses. That's for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I'm gonna ask you a question, Mike. It drives me slam bam damn crazy. And then it, I don't know how it doesn't drive you crazy when you people are on the dance floor and they all do this. Look at the DJ, and you know this, and and when it's bad, why do we want to hold it for so long and hold it? And hold it, and hold it, and hold, let it go. Get out of it. Go to the next song. Yeah. You already you gave us whiplash trying to catch the next beat. You didn't yeah. clear. You didn't throw a hand grenade in the middle of the floor. So why are you holding on to it? Yeah, you just gotta go like let this. Out of his mouth. Let it go, DJ CTM. DJ, clear the floor. Come on, man. Let it go. Let it go. But uh, yeah, that, that's a good one. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. It, it hurts those of us who know that love the art of the art of this thing. Yeah. All right, y'all got any questions? Drop them in the chat. But I think Mike's got got. Oh, you you at the end? Yeah. yeah. Well, I still have. You know, I still always have questions. So now, Dave, I didn't know everything I knew about you. I got to throw this in. I didn't know everything I knew about you at that at when we had that meeting with me, you and Gary, and you was like, you almost act like it didn't matter, the mixing part. I was like, he's he's almost defending this inability of giving him an out. And I'm like, no, you can't give people an out. But I, now that I know you do all of this stuff and you're doing it and you're training and you play that max, why were you trying to give someone an out? You mean for not mixing? Yeah. Well, I think that... Like, like I kind of told you at the top of the, mm -hmm. top of the, the chat, I'm a problem solver. I'm a creative problem solver. That's what I do. And if a solution works, it works. So, I mean, I have literally watched guys that have no mixing chops at all rock the fool out of a party. Would I do that? No. <laughs> but for them, it works. You know what I'm saying? So, like, hey, to each their own. I'm not going to say that we should be classified as the same I don't think we should deserve the same title, but they can still get paid to do the job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's what you I know, meant by I find it. It's hard to argue with that, but I'm going to say this. 
Oh man, branding. I'm calling him an entertainer instead of DJ. I'm with you on that too. Oh, Dave. How do you feel about somebody going out doing that representing your brand when you tell your client you were going to deliver this? Oh no, yeah. Well, you tell them you could do this, but when you get there, you can't do that. Oh no, our guys all mix. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our our brand new guys. So, like, you know, I I told you we have two companies, right? So, my Mm -hmm. top company. Everybody mixes very, very well. Uh, the bottom company, they start learning to beat mix after 10 events. Okay. I mean, they're, but it's the priority. And then the other thing on that was what you were saying. Uh, yeah, uh, they can rock a party. If it's a big room, yeah, the damn floor is going to stay packed. But if you keep constantly hitting people upside the head and not, you know, putting the shoes in the dryer or just going all the way across, hey, we're going to slow it down. Are we doing this? You lose, You have to rebuild your dance floor after every song. Hmm? But I mean, some people don't care. They're drunk. They're going to dance. Yeah, you're right. They can rock it, but it's not the same as you rocking it or me rocking it or Mike rocking it or somebody with that skill set rocking it. It's just not the same. Right. Well, you know, we talked about how <laughs> when you're training a DJ, you want them to know what's possible. Well, there are crowds out there that exist that don't even know that makes things possible. Like that joker that came to my house that time and was just putting fingerprints on. <laughs> you know, so if you don't even know, if you don't even know that that's a thing and you got a DJ at a party, you got no reason to be upset. So because you does he know. still work for you? He, he never, never worked, worked for me. <laughs> no, no, no. That, is, that was a no-go. Well, we knew his name already, DJ Fingerprints. DJ yeah. Fingers. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure there was a lesson learned out of that. Do yeah, not go I back to Craigslist. I've been burned so many times. For every success that you see that you see on my team, you there's one or two that were failures that um, that I that forced me to grow as a <laughs> as a as a boss and as a manager because I learned. I'm like, really? Every time I had a guy that was through training and just in the middle, just totally bombed at the end, and I was like, really? What happened? So I got to reflect, got to figure out what happened, got to try again the next time. Did you figure it out? Did you figure out what happened? No, I still don't know. It was like a weird. I don't know. It was. I would. I would call it a red flag. Officially a red flag. Yeah. It was like a. Couldn't. He couldn't sustain the act long enough. As soon as he got, like, he let his guard down. Totally bombed. And I was like, well, if you're gonna let your guard down now. Did he ever do it again? No, never got to an event. Wow. It was on a performance test to be cleared for events. Yeah, and I like that too. I told we talked about that too, where you have your guys perform in front of the other DJ. That's probably more nerve wracking than you walking in the room to perform in front of everybody else. That's probably yeah. how do you, how do the DJs do in that though when you have them do that? Uh, it's a little bit awkward. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's <laughs> it's a little awkward because you know we're in a metal box basically, and there's just a bunch of dudes <laughs> that all know what they're doing, and you're brand new and you're trying to prove yourself and we're grading you on some pretty, pretty clear criteria. Like, can you do this thing? Can you do this thing? So they're pretty nervous and there's no crowd to feel, you know, to feed off of a lot of these guys are extroverted. They, they, you know, they would, they would do better if there was a crowd in front of them, mm-hmm. but I think it's good. They're not, you know, so that yeah, they're, it's definitely, but it's like a little right of, right of passage for us. You make it through that. Yeah. I like that. We're going to start. we we're planning on instituting it. And I'm talking about going back to the first hires and making them do it, or at least do a part of a wedding. Okay, hey, I want you to do the introductions. I want you to DJ this set or, you know, do for dances. But just, you know, and then I need you to give me a 10-minute set, you know, five-minute yep. set. Five, here's five songs. Let's go. Just yep, to make what you got. Yeah. But, you know, the important thing when you look at that, <laughs> David, is, you know, this is your brand. It's, you know, you're you're in you're giving someone the opportunity to go be out in front of an audience of people with your brand, and yep. and we have to do that if if success is what we're looking for. Now, if we're looking to fail and it just doesn't matter, then you know that's what you do. You just let them do what they do. But I really appreciate you david for what you're doing and the things that you implement because it makes all the sense in the world and it makes it 
it puts you in a better situation with when you send someone out, you know you can sleep at what night. they can do and what yeah. they can't do. So you yeah. know what situations you can put them in based on where <laughs> they're at because you've implemented structure, mm-hmm. processes. Yeah. You know, it's like mm-hmm. standard work. You have standard work, mm-hmm. you know, we process. Do. Yeah, so SOPs, standard yeah, operating procedures. Yes. SOPs yes. and build them constantly, build, building new ones and, yeah. So, yeah. well, we ain't going to hold you over time. What uh, what do you have coming up? What you got going on? How can we get in contact with you? How do they find Dave Osborne? How do they find the blueprint? Yeah, well, let's start with the blueprint. That one's um, pretty easy. It's blueprintlearn.com. Blueprintlearn.com, and that'll get you what you need. Uh, we're going to have some some good structural changes to the, how everything works coming up soon. Uh, not to y'all who already have accounts. If you already have a Blueprint account, you guys are going to stay the same. Um, but stuff's going up, so if you're interested, check it out soon. And then uh, if you want to catch me live in person, I will be at Midwest DJs Live, and that's in two and a half weeks. So I'll be in Milwaukee. I am going to be emceeing one night and spinning another night. So you'll get to see me run my mouth and um, put my fingerprints on the decks. <laughs> and then at Marquee, um, at Marquee, I'm presenting a, um, a presentation on, built, on growing a rock star team. So that will be focused around the blueprint, but also the idea of like just investing in education because, you know, if I were to... Well, I don't want to get into the presentation now. Just come out and check it out. And then I'm going to be doing a class. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to do a class on beat mixing. Casey asked me to do a seminar on beat mixing at at Marquee, so I'm going to do that. And I believe I'm spinning there as well. Details TBD. So what's your number one clue to holding together a team or building a team? What's one thing you can give us? The number one, the number one. nugget that you can give us for those of us trying to build a solid, good team? Oh, take it seriously. Take it seriously because you mean them or us? Because we take it very seriously. Uh, take it, take it seriously, and then don't bend on your on your uh, expectations. Oh, you mean take seriously selections and don't bend on your qualifications. Don't let yeah. the don't let grasshoppers slip through the fence uh, or through the like things. Take it very seriously. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. You. Put yourself a, a standard, and then. It, you know, like when they talk about uh, when you say, hey, you know, you don't you don't price yourself based on everyone else's budget. You, you price yourself based on your value. Don't undervalue yourself. Put yourself your standard. Hire based on your standard. Train based on your standard. If only one out of 100 people pass your pass your training, fine. You'll have one absolute rock star that you can build off of and keep growing your team. Be patient. All right. I'm sorry. But OK, so Midwest DJs. <laughs> Midwest DJs, and then you're gonna be at uh, the Marquee Show, right, in Chicago. Marquee show, and what else you got going on? That's gonna be it for the first part of the year. I was supposed to be a DJX. We are expecting a little baby in August. Oh, congratulations! Thanks, and it's the same week as DJX. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> I think I'm gonna set DJX out because I don't want to be in Atlantic City and possibly missed the birth. I have to go back home. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm not sure what happened in the fall. I think it's all kind of new baby dependent on (coughs) if I find find myself anywhere else. How can people get in contact with you besides, or do you want everybody to just come through the blueprint learn? Oh, Instagram is my playground. If the easiest way to get a hold of me, if you don't have my number, which is uh, my, my Instagram is DJ underscore David Osborne. Okay. If you've got any DJ name suggestions, please DM me. I would love to hear them. <laughs> DJ Do, all DJ right. Dio. Uh, DJ Oh, wow, man, that, that's uh, I don't know. Just stay where you at because I think it needs just to be Osborne, Osborne to party. Huh? Osborne to party. That's gonna be it. Os- I, that's kind of cool. A little long though. Yeah. <laughs> o T O T O two P no. OTP? No. It's a little long, Dave. It's not. Let, it, let, it, let that ride. Let it go. But it's a good try. I think you got something unique. Just, just yeah. let it ride. It but I, really mean, really I want to stay with my name, too, because then you get recognition and they know you who you for you are for who you are. DJ, like Jazzy Jeff. 
It, it, what is his his name is not really Jeffrey, is he? What's Jazzy Jeff's really name? I, I really don't, don't know. know. Remember, but I know what I just don't remember. You gonna Google it right quick? I'm googling it right now. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Allen Towns. I actually do so that. I forgot that. Yeah. And then, but he calls himself the Magnificent One also. So he has a couple of DJ names. Magnificent, magnificent. Yeah. No, the Magnificent One. He changed yeah. it now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the Magnificent One. That's the Osborne Two Party. That's only five. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> don't let, don't let, don't let Jeff stop you. Do your thing. Hey. Yeah. I'm not gonna stop nobody. Yeah. So I will see you in Chicago. Uh, I will be up there. All right, bring your DJ party boat sign. Yeah. DJ party yeah. boat sign. Yeah. No, don't. Please don't. You yeah. Don't do that. No, Dave, drop that one. I forgot about that one already. That's DJ party boat. That's horrible. Uh, but... <laughs> if you, I don't know if I yeah. have one of these next to me. Somebody said they need a fancy name, too. No, Kim, I like Kim name. You don't need no fancy name. Who is that? No, Kim. got a good name. Kim C. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Kim. DJ Kim C. Yeah. And then uh who is that? What's up, Corey? So I guess that's another rap, man. Unless you got something else you need to throw out, Dave. And we thank you for dealing with us and you know, me and Mike and all our problems and changes and different things <laughs> going on the last couple of weeks, man. It's been crazy. I was sick. Yeah. I'm finally getting over it and uh traveling and and then my mother-in-law got sick today, so I had to drive two and a half hours to get back here. Today, to be, I got home at seven sixteen, and the show was at seven twenty. Ooh, two and a half hours. Come on, Texas. Well, she lives in Longview, so we had to go see her and make sure she was okay. So still though. And then I got a networking event tomorrow, so nice event. So it don't ever stop, man. Always hustling. Never. Always hustling. Yeah, always, always doing something to make the you know to keep the brand going. That's right. Yeah. Yep, I'm gonna hit it back out as soon as I get off with you guys. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. Well, it was a pleasure. Hey man, can't oh, wait to meet you in person. Um, can't wait to meet you in person and we sit down and have a chat. What are you spending? Are you gonna spend at the club or are you gonna spend doing lunch up there? No, you don't know. What you ain't said yet. I just was. I've I've been told that I'm on the list. I was like, cool. I'll take it. On the list is better than off the list. So. Whatever, wherever yeah. they find a spot for me, I'll I'll take it. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll run into each other. Is Josh coming to uh, Chicago? You know, I don't know if he's coming. Um, I know he'll definitely be at Midwest, but he just had a little. He actually just they just had a baby yesterday, so who knows what they're gonna be doing? That's in June. Everyone's having babies, guys. He's got time to get to no, know. Not everybody. Y'all having babies. <laughs> we have back. We're done. I was a grown and gone. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, young, yeah. y'all keep, y'all keep on. Keep on. Y'all keep on. We good. Yeah, you little young pups. Y'all keep on <laughs> spreading yeah. the love. <laughs> we are done. Yeah, I, I see that on that. No, no. We are done yeah. with that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hit the theme song. Thank you for coming on with us, Dave. And uh, I guess we got Mary coming up in a couple of weeks. So she was going to jump on tonight. But I said, let me get Dave a few minutes and see if he can get it in. Since we yeah. just sent him over here, over there, over. We apologize. We didn't put him in the dry. Oh, we put him in dry with the shoes and everything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Good night. All right.